right, girls, let's take it from the top. And put a little heat under it. Running wild, lost control. Running wild, mighty bold. Feeling gay, reckless too. Carefree mind all the time, never blue. Always going, don't know where. Always showing, I don't care. Don't love nobody. It's not worthwhile. All alone. I started an office little pool for the Oscars. 28 people have participated so far. Wow, that's great. Uh, so uh, we'll see who's who's full of shit or not. So I can't wait for you to find out that your co-host is full of shit. Hilarious. Do our picks differ that much, really? I think that you have more faith in the Oscars doing like the objectively correct thing than I do. Really? Yeah, I am pretty sure that they are going to give Best Picture to the Fablemans because they love jacking themselves off talking about the movies, <laughs> even though I don't necessarily think it deserves it the most. But like they like feeling like little magic making people. <laughs> I mean, which is I... what the Fablemans is for, objectively. I don't disagree that they think like that, but I think this year. At least for the best picture, I think they're going to get it right. I, cynical... I also feel like there's a non-zero chance that they're going to be like, didn't we give it to the Asian picture like four or five years ago? I do think for the Austin Butler pick, I think that is me. That's the cynical me pick. I don't I don't believe in that pick, but that's just a cynical pick. No, I think, I think that's one of the ones that we agree on as well, actually. And I am actually going to pick Michelle Yeoh for best actress. I haven't seen Tar. Ooh. I'm sure Tar is going to get it. But if they don't give it to Everything Everywhere All at Once for film, I think there are going to be a lot of makeup awards, yeah. of which I think that may be one. So I, I see that. So I think it's it's like the uh, the Pick Your Own Adventure novels. Mm-hmm. Depending, depending on which option you select, it's going to do the domino effect. So yeah. I think I think if Michelle Yeoh does win, then I can see Everywhere All at Once not winning Best Picture. Are you going to watch live? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like moving and shaking. So uh... I mean, yeah. I also last year, like they wound up kind of triggering the shit out of me. Uh, well, like, she... <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen again. No. But you know, I don't go back to the bar I was groped at a second time. <laughs> nah, I hear you. I think there's gonna be some tasteless jokes by. Who's, who's doing it this year? Whoever. It's, whatever it's Jimmy Kimmel, isn't it? Yeah, it's Kimmel. I was going to say Fallon, but yeah, it's it's one Jimmy. Uh, uh, so yeah, he's going to make a couple of jokes about it. They're going to bomb. They're going to some ooh, ooh in the, in the crowd. But I, I think it'll be a relatively safe endeavor. But uh, but if you have something better to do on a Sunday night, I recommend doing that instead. But, uh, oh, man. 
So can I tell you a secret? Before watching Some Like It Hot, I've never watched a Marilyn Monroe movie. Except Blonde. Oh, God. Oh, God. You seriously went into Blonde with, like, no knowledge of her, like, film career at all? Oh, no, no, no. I, I First-hand knew... knowledge, I guess I should say. Yeah. So, being a kid of the 90s, I knew about the legend of her. There's this Jason Priestley movie. It was about these three guys on a road trip, and they wanted to drive to Beverly Hills to get a date with Marilyn Monroe. Yo, 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 quick sidebar. I typically don't derail episodes like this, but I have to play the trailer clip for this fucking movie, 1990s Calendar Girl. And the reason I want to play it is I just want to give you guys a taste of what it was like to be a kid in the 90s <laughs> and the wild ride that it actually was. I would say enjoy the clip, but just experience it. <laughs> I may not be one of those French upstairs girls, but... Could I take another crack at it? If you insist. All his life, he's watched her in the dark and worshipped her from afar. Marilyn. 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 I wanted to say I'm the greatest lover she ever had. But now, the time to dream is over and the time to dare has come. Grab your paddles. We're going on a little canoe trip. What does that mean? I'm talking about meeting her. I can't. I can't leave the store now. It's Marilyn time. From small town USA. Alright, give them hell, dude. <laughs> to big time Hollywood. Everything you'd ever want in excess. Hi, boy. They're on a mission to Maryland. You have a date with Marilyn Monroe? You're dreaming, bud. It can't be that tough. I'll just go up to her door, ring the bell. When she opens up, I'll say, Hello, is Marilyn home? You want to see Marilyn? She's my mother. Alright, I make it in. Jackpot. I say, I just want to lay on top of you and see where it goes from there. But while they're chasing a dream... Do you want to see her naked? A nude beach? Naked women are more fun than anybody. Somebody else. Where is your nephew Roy? Why, 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 why is he? He's telling me which one of your bones we should break first. Is chasing them. He stole their money. You poor, poor boy. Run, Roy. It's a better plan. Oh, well, I'm the type of guy who will never settle down. We are going home. I don't rest until she's mine. Pink. Three friends. Stop the car. It's her. On a collision course. Get out of my head. With Manhood. Columbia Pictures presents. Marilyn. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Jason Priestley. Yeah, sweet calendar girl. Calendar girl. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Yeah, sweet calendar girl. So she was, she was still a pop culture icon in the 90s. So I knew her as that, basically. But there was never, like, reruns of, like, her shit. Or at least not on, like, TMC or, like, you know, old movie channels or whatever. And then I think before or a little bit around when Blonde came out, reading about her. And then I had the Blonde experience. Um, so, but I knew that movie was was not an accurate representation of whoever this woman was in real life. Like, uh, so, so, so you never saw the, like, I want to be loved by you. Alone. Oh, like none of that shit. I mean, the, I, the, um, yes, the JFK, I just you. Like, the like JFK no, she's so fucking good. 
I feel strongly that she is perhaps one of the worst maligned figures of history. And I think that a lot of people assumed that she was a ditz because she was so good at playing those naive, big, big eyed girls that I think a lot of society has assumed that that's who she was. Yeah. And she wasn't. She was very smart. She was perhaps asexual, if not demisexual. Obviously, I know those things did not exist then, but you know what I mean. And just because she knew how to play the game doesn't mean that she was just the game. Yeah. And I often think about how little consideration she has been given as a woman outside of a body. Yeah. So, you know how I told you when I first saw Casablanca, like, that was another film staple you hear legend about, but you just Mm -hmm. never watch it, and then you watch it, and you're like, okay, I get it. So, watching some like it hot, I got it. Yeah. Immediately got it. I don't think you can watch it and not get it. Terribly sorry. It's okay. I was scared it was sweet soup. You won't tell anybody, will you? Tell what? Well, if they catch me once more, they're going to kick me out of the bank. You the replacement for the bass and sax? That's us. And I'm Daphne. Uh, this is uh, uh, Josephine. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sugar Cane. Hi. Sugar Cane? Yeah, I changed. It used to be Sugar Kowalczyk. You're Polish? Yes. I come from this musical family. My mother is a piano teacher. My father was a conductor. Where did he conduct? On the Baltimore and Ohio. Oh. I play the ukulele and I sing, too. Sings, too? <laughs> well, I don't have much of a voice, but then this isn't much of a band, either. I'm only with them because I'm running away. Running away from what? Oh, don't get me started on that. Hey, you want some? It's bourbon. <laughs> I'll take a rain check. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm a drinker. I can stop any time I want to, only I don't want to, especially when I'm blue. We understand. All the girls drink. It's just that I'm the one that gets caught. Story of my life. I always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop. Am I seem straight? I'll say. <laughs> well, see you around, girl. Bye, sugar. <laughs> we have been playing with the wrong band. Sound, Daphne. How about the shape of that liquor cabinet? Huh? Forget it. She's just got... It. You can see her know. You know what I mean? She yeah. knows what she's doing. She knows how she's doing it. She knows. Yeah. In full control. In full control the whole time. Mm-hmm. So this was... I'm assuming this was not your first time watching something like it hot, Right. Yeah, I haven't watched either of these movies, actually, in, like, over ten years. Uh, But these were both in fairly regular rotation for, like, the TCM Sick Day movies. Okay. So, when my uh, Auntie Norma used to take care of me if I was homesick from school, we would try to watch a movie that we would both like. Okay. And we often would end up on... Turner Classic Movies after The Price is Right and Scooby-Doo ended, because those always were Uh, (laughs) back-to-back. Okay. And I distinctly remember seeing this. Uh, I know I saw All About Eve, but I think that was a different one. And I remember very clearly seeing Gentlemen Prefer Blondes on TCM as well. 
Okay. That would make but sense. That I, makes sense. They're not ones I've I've revisited over and over again. Although I feel perhaps I should have been. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Possible. But how was how was your first time? I mean with Marilyn, I mean it's everything I could have dreamed of. <laughs> I shit, man. And something else too, for Jack Lemon. He was someone who I only knew of through context of 90s movies. Basically, I think the first thing I ever saw him was like Grumpy Old Men or whatever. So yeah. I kind of I knew his career when, you know, the sun was setting, basically. Mm-hmm. But the first the first thing of his I saw kind of in his prime during during kind of the pandemic was The Apartment. And mm-hmm. I know that movie was great, but... I think he's so funny in this. Yes. And great comedy can translate, you know, time. He was like in the pairing of the two, I'm watching it now and they're in the train car. Yeah. Like, (laughs) so. I mean, one of the things that I, I think is so like revolutionary about this movie, right. Is they're not bashing these people in any way. Yeah. For doing what they have to do to get by, they're not making fun of transsexual. I, I know that was not the term now, but that was the term at the time. Uh, in any way. Yeah. And I don't want to say uh, you you said that this movie is pro-trans, and I have a little bit of an, oh, an objection well, to that. Yeah, that was, that was uh, a little time, but yeah. Because I think that this film has been used in a similar way to like Mrs. Doubtfire, of like this is men trying to gain access to sacred women's spaces. And this movie kind of throws that right back in your face. Right. And is like, there are like, look at these women, like the the fantasy of sacred women's spaces is also being subverted in this, in a way that I appreciate. Yeah. No one comes out of this looking bad. I kept wincing, like waiting for the like slur to happen or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or for it to be like a punchline of like, you know, all the all the women in the bed find out he has a, a, a dick and all of a sudden they're like, oh, and like <laughs> none of that happens. Yeah. You know, I assumed it just kind of glanced off me as like a 10 year old and I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. It's it's just really nice to like. It's good. It's OK. Yeah. Everything's fine. They get away. It's funny. <laughs> and not in a way that specifically undermines anything. And obviously yeah. I'm aware it's like a code America film. So it's going to be very PG. You know, when Marilyn is is kissing him on the couch, you can clearly see her feet are on the floor. Yeah. This to me is like the peak comedy of like nobody has to be the butt of a joke. Yeah. And I think I feel that this is, like, why a lot of the comedies that have come out in the last couple of years I don't like as much. Yeah. Because it, it seems like all of them have to be targeted at a group. We're making fun of stoners. We're making fun of virgins. We're making fun of whatever. This one is kind of making fun of idiots, but only <laughs> a little in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Because they know we have to spend the next two hours with them. They really made all three of our leads in this really 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 likable to lovable characters 
And yeah. I definitely appreciated that. And then in my letterbox review, I, uh, again, I was I was kind of being a bit of a shit with this. I wrote, is this the first pro-trans love movie or question? Uh, so, so yeah, like I, I was, you know, being a little bit facetious with that. But the ending, the ending, I, I really appreciated the final dismount joke. <laughs> I kind of saw it coming, but I still didn't see it coming. And then when it landed, it was really funny. Was I was really like, funny. this could go one of two ways. And I, I was like, God, it's going to end with him, like, stopping the boat so hard he goes into the water or something, right? Because he's so yeah. shocked and upset. And I was like, all right, well, if that's the only joke like that in the whole movie, and it was the 50s, I guess it's fine. Yeah. And then it's just, well, nobody's perfect. And I was just like, oh! <laughs> they knew how to write shit back then, man. Fuck. That was, uh, that was also, a great line. Also, shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis's dad. Is that him? Yeah. What? Jesus. I didn't know that. I think so. Oh, Tony Curtis? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the... <laughs> I thought you were talking about the old man. Nah, he's just, you know, there. I'm sure he had a child or something if he wanted to. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope he did. I hope he did. I did like Tony Curtis in this. I saw a review on Letterboxd that was basically along the lines of they didn't like this movie because they felt that Tony Curtis' character was, I guess, kind of, you know, in sort of this negative light of how kind of men lie to women and how, like, men kind of game women. But I sure. But, like, if that's going to be the thing that you're going to dig your heels in about in movies from the 50s, I hope you had a a nice time with basically no movies from the 50s (laughs) yes yes for real and also it was kind of like well he is trying to run game on on marilyn's character but at the same time she's trying to run game on him too so it's a little bit equal now you know men doing it especially for him and we see like his history with it it's a little bit more trash but you know there they can be especially because she she in trusting him as a fella, or I'm sorry, as a lady, explains all the ways that fellas have pushed your buttons in the past. Yeah. He, like, says something at one point where it's like, can't we pretend it's not going to, like, go back to the coleslaw? And it's like, oh, my God, you're not the guy who threw coleslaw at her. Stop, like, saying it's fine. Like, Stop. Like, the idea that, like, eventually I'll revert to just treating you like shit. It was like, that was the part I had a problem with. You know, the the idea of, like, oh, well, when I go back to being a shit. Like, (laughs) no, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, He's pulling off that wig, man. He's pulling off that wig. But. Yeah. So. Of the Maryland films that you've watched, what would you say mm-hmm. is your favorite? I think this one is probably the one that I enjoy the most. Okay. I really like Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. That one holds a special place in my heart. It's so much. Okay. And I, I, I truly mean that as a compliment. I mean, technically All About Eve is a Marilyn Monroe film, too, but... Ah, uh, it um, is. It is. I like this one... A lot because I feel like we get 
fully formed Maryland energy. Obviously, it's it's a funny circumstance, but she is the straight man in the funny circumstance, yeah. but not to her own victimhood as much as it could be. Yeah. And I th- I love that spot for her. I think that is perfect. Yeah, man. Coming down the aisle, representing the Hyphen Podcast Group, they are the unbeatable team of B-Hyphen. I'm just saying, you worked yourself into a shoot, answering the question. Handsome Bane. My, my firm belief is a DDT should beat anybody. Showing mad love. Rid of me this Batman, if two go in the pink. The <laughs> novelist. And catch an Eddie. This is what Brock Lesnar thinks he looks like if Brock Lesnar were a beautiful woman. They are the Wrestlecast. Power I meant to set up the premise of the season. Um, uh, I I meant to set up the premise before we actually talked about the movies, but do you kind of want to set up the idea for this season of films we're covering? Yeah, sure. So inspired by the fact that we both discovered and loved Casablanca later in life, I thought it would be <laughs> a good idea if we decided to cover some like stone cold classics this season and really gain a little more proficiency in older cinema yeah so i thought it would be a fun way to do that would be to use kind of a slightly randomizing slightly thematically based approach to the afi top 100 list yes now that hasn't been updated well i think there is an updated list but that's not the one we're using uh (laughs) we're there is nothing on it after 2001 baby (laughs) basically uh, we're, and, uh, we're, we're going we're, all all black and white, uh, mostly black and white, I would probably say. Yeah, and we're going to do some just us, and then we're going to have some guests on later in the season to take us through their favorite AFI Top 100 entries. So we can learn a little bit more, not just about each other and hit movies, but also a little more about our guests <laughs> and friends. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so Mike and Hot is on that top 100 AFI list and we just kind of tipped a hand a bit but another movie that I deeply appreciated as well that happened to have a a younger and but still vibrant Marilyn Monroe cameo all about Eve we're a breed apart from the rest of humanity we theater folk we are the original displaced personalities you won't have to read his column tomorrow, Eve. You just heard it. I don't agree, Addison. That happens to be your particular abnormality. Well, I'll admit there's a screwball element in the theater. It sticks out. It's got spotlights on it and a brass band. But it isn't basic. It isn't standard. If it were, the theater couldn't survive. A waiter. And that isn't a waiter, my dear. That's a butler. Well, I can't yell old butler, can I? Maybe somebody's name is butler. You have a point, an idiotic one, but a point. I don't want to make trouble. 
All I want is a drink. Leave it to me. I'll get you one. Thank you, Mr. Fabian. Well done. I can see your career rising in the east like the sun. You were saying? I was saying that the theater is nine-tenths hard work. Work done the hard way by sweat, application, and craftsmanship. I'll agree to this. To be a good actor or actress or anything else in the theater means wanting to be that more than anything else in the world. Yes. Yes, it does. It means a concentration of desire or ambition and sacrifice such as no other profession demands. And I'll agree that the man or woman who accepts those terms can't be ordinary, can't be just someone. To give so much for almost always so little. So little? So little, did you say? Why, oh, if there's nothing else, there's applause. I've listened backstage to people applaud. It's like... like waves of love coming over the footlights and wrapping you up. Imagine... To know every night that different hundreds of people love you. They smile. Their eyes shine. You've pleased them. They want you. You belong. Just that alone is worth anything. So. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> Tell me you um, can't picture me as a fucking 10-year-old standing on my stairs saying that. Oh, I, I totally can. I 100% can. Uh, so, Like, I knew what any of that meant either, by the way. I was like, I don't know, <laughs> she drank a lot of mommy juice and she's tired. Hilarious. Hilarious. So, I know Joseph Mankiewicz wrote, well, he directed the film. He didn't write the film, right? Oh, no, he did. He did write it. Didn't he... Him and Marilyn dated, right? Or had a thing? Probably. Okay. She was attached to a lot of men. I mean, I tapped out way before that part came in the uh, blonde story. So, uh, so I, uh, I I did not get that, that uh, history lesson, I would definitely say. But uh, what were your thoughts on All About Eve? It is a really good movie. Um, yes. I, I like did not understand any of the adult intricacies of watching it as a child. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, I guess she doesn't want to be her friend. <laughs> I, I was not picking up on any, any of the weirdness. I really like this movie though. First of all, shout out to one guy who does not lie, cheat, or steal to get ahead particularly. He's a little bit of a dope, but, like, he's fine. He's slow, but he gets there. Actually, even speaking to the idea of, well, she just doesn't want to be friends with her. You know, she's paranoid, uh, Margot paranoid. I think the writing is actually good enough to where it kind of feels in some parts like Margot's being a big gaslit, but yeah. no, she, but no, she's but absolutely then, right. When the article happens, though, the way everybody believes her again, yeah. like her, fiance, he's not her fiance yet, but like he's about to be, like realizes, oh shit, she was right. Yeah. I was such a dick. Oh shit. And, you know, the idea that he ran, like, I think he says he ran 20 blocks. Yeah. to check on her. He's a little bit of a dope, but you know what? <laughs> He's a little slow, but he, he came around. He ran 20 blocks as soon as he realized what was going on. 
Yeah. And that's that's not nothing. The performances in this are so good. Yeah. Just the performances. Never even mind the smart writing and the good camera work. Just the performances are a whole meal here. Yeah, definitely. I could watch these people read the phone book to each other if this <laughs> is how they did it. Yeah, I, I appreciated the performance of Betty Davis as as uh, as Margot. I think everyone actually was really strong in this, but I, I really did appreciate her kind of being the aging star, but also still kind of keeping an eye out for someone who's trying to take their spot. So she did a really good job for and this. The, and the thing that makes me sad is, like, you can so clearly see all the times that she's like, I want to give her a leg up. And then once she starts, like, trying to steal her life, <laughs> yeah. like, she sets a boundary there. That is her boundary. Yeah. And, like, I'm just looking at the picture of just Betty Davis sitting there. And then on Wikipedia, they have a side-by-side of Ann Baxter in the wig and costume to look like Margot. Yeah. And I started noticing that Eve, right when when she is the understudy, Starts doing her eyebrows like Eve. Like, she steals her eyebrow shape. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, just little physical things, like the way that she lines her lip on the top, gets a little more like her. And it's so subtle. It literally must happen millimeter by millimeter throughout, (laughs) like, the first act so you don't notice. Yeah, and Baxter, her, her kind of transformation... And then the heel turn at the end. Some really sneaky shit going on there, buddy. But I thought she was a great... It's, it's funny. She was kind of like a protagonist, but then the heel turn came and she was uh, clearly the antagonist of the film. Yeah. And and then there's like an antagonist antagonist on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Which... Fucking men. <laughs> Hilarious. Ruining... The sacred space of our deeply creepy, slightly sapphic thing. <laughs> oh, I knew when Addison was asking about, you know, the, you know, what's your husband's last what's name? What's last name? In the hotel, like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely hip to the game, but that's kind of an interesting thing. The idea of, you know, she gets caught, but she's kind of this prisoner of this new sort of relationship not even relationship but she she got what she wanted but now she's kind of trapped by it um, yeah there is not one stone she doesn't fuck with not one stone <laughs> remains unfucked every single person she infiltrates in some yeah. way yeah she tries to break up the person who got her in the door in the first place is marriage she tries to undermine the person who has given her a chance. She tries to marry or fuck both of the men. Uh, like, yeah. And, yeah. and there's a moment where you see it, right? And, like, I, I love it. I think it's so good. Where you can see the light. And I think it has to do with literally how they lit her, right? But she has these, like, little shines in her eyes, right? Yeah. And, and initially they're kind of very, like, up and high and, like, oh, and by the end of the movie, it almost looks like they're, they are lighting her from a little bit beneath. Because the shining yeah. eye is like... It's gone. The, no, it's in the bottom. 
So it looks like she's like looking, she's almost like Kubrick staring without <laughs> needing to move her face like that. Okay. It's it's clearly something about how they light her or how they do her eye makeup. But the, the glint goes from hopeful to arresting real yeah. quick. Speaking like current actresses and actors, pretty interesting thing that you floated. The the question of can Florence Pugh be Eve Harrington? And I think yes, but who would be Margot? I think that's a, an important question too. Cause I, think, I think that's a much more interesting question. Yeah, because I think I think Florence Pugh is a layup if it's a remake today. Well, I, first of all, I would hope that they wouldn't remake it. But if they do, I want it to be a stage musical. Oh, okay. All right. I, I think that it, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Sunset Boulevard got a musical made of it. And it is very good. And it did a lot to use the source material without feeling like it was copying the source material. Okay. And I think that's a really solid approach for certain classic films. Ooh, I think I got a great answer for who could be Margot. So I have an idea. I think if it were even five years ago, it could be Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, no, I think she's, well, five years ago, Jamie was still be in her 60s, right? Yeah, but at a certain point, that doesn't matter because... We don't really do like now. Then forty was dead, right? And yeah. and forty was the no man's land. Now like fifty is the no man's land. Yeah, because I I was gonna say I'm thinking of like actresses around in their forties. I think Kirsten Dunst would be pretty interesting as Margot. Yeah, I could. I guess I feel like I haven't seen her do characters that aren't like benign in in some way you know who i think could do this michelle williams i was gonna say kate winslet okay she's oh my god can i I just gotta say really quickly yeah she is so fucking gorgeous (laughs) i don't think we ever appreciated that but keep going keep going well that's (laughs) part of what i was thinking of right is like she is stunningly gorgeous and the camera does love her but she's also on that side of 40 now yeah. Part of what I'm looking for, right, is Margot and Eve do look a little similar. Not like identical, but like if you put them in the same costume in the same wig, it could work. And that's part of what I'm looking for here. Yeah. And it's actually kind of funny because if you think about Kate Winslet and her superstardom, like that young with Titanic, mm-hmm. and then now really going to like an elder statesman of Hollywood. I think even that kind of telling, even if you make it like, not like a mockumentary, but like um, if you kind of bend the reality of, well, she was in her 20s and she starred in this epic movie. Now she's kind of going on the way out. But now here comes, you know, Florence Pugh. Or, or even if they wanted to keep it Broadway, right? Yeah. She won her first Tony when she was 22. She All has right. She has been a staple. Uh, but recently she's kind of been doing the same play over and over again because there's a dearth of roles between 40 and 70 for women. And that's where Eve snuggles her way in there, right? Yeah. Kate Winslet, her career, it's so wild that she was in Titanic and was basically the most 
one of two of the most famous people in the world. And then instead of going that route, she basically just be committed to just be being a better actress. Yeah. And she legitimately became that. Yeah. I, that's fucking balls. I love uh, that. Also, man. did you know that she is the chieftain's wife in the new Avatar movie? Kate Winslet is the pregnant woman, Navi, in oh, well. Avatar The Way of Water. Oh, uh... I think I knew she was in the movie, but I I could not tell if she's if she's a Navi. I could not tell. Um, does she have the English accent? No. Oh well, then how? No, there's no. I'm gonna tell that then. That, that's like uh, that's like uh, Kate Blanchett being the monkey in Pinocchio. How am I supposed to know? I kind of figured that one out actually, but hilarious. Oh, Kate Winslet, man, come on the show. Jeez. Let's talk, let's pitch you our All About Eve reboot. <laughs> Basically. Oh, and one thing, the the final shot, the final motherfucking shot, boy. Chef's kiss, man. What a fucking dismount, man. Two great dismounts for a movie. Two in two in a row, man. Well, the thing that I I like about this is the idea of like, oh, this happens to everyone. Like <laughs> the cycle just keeps going, buddy. Yeah, uh, like, it's like Margot caught it, yeah. now Eve's caught it, and like, the idea is, did you catch this in the beginning? Because they set this up in the beginning, and at the end I went, holy shit, the end of the movie is June, the beginning of the movie is October of the year before. This yeah. all happens in like, what, eight months? Yep. So the fact that in those eight months, this girl finds her, clicks her, connects with her, and gets in there. I am impressed that you were able to do that before the internet. Hilarious. Hilarious. And I love even, we kind of talked about some of the slight tips that they do with Eve over the movie. Before she makes the hill turn, I'm fairly certain we don't see her drink. I think she's like offered drinks, but she like never drinks. And then as soon as she wins the award and goes upstairs, she's like pouring herself up like a straight bourbon or whatever. So she's on that road. I mean, I, I do like the uh, only wicked women drink brown liquor tropes of the 50s. Because, <laughs> uh, like, Marilyn Monroe being like, I got in trouble for drinking. It's bourbon. I was like, <laughs> okay, the 50s. We get it. We get it, the 50s. Gotta stay off that brown. Gotta stay off that dark. What the hell is she doing in Avatar? <laughs> uh, watching her soul whale get killed. Basically, man. Basically. I think we're two for two so far. So with Marilyn and then the great dismounts for both and even kind of the tonal differences, I think this is actually a pretty solid pairing. Even though they're about, I think, eight years apart, seven years apart-ish, I still think there's a pretty solid double feature. But a little, a little bonus Marilyn as a treat. Yeah, exactly. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chin at T on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not
chain.